Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello and good afternoon to you and thank you for joining me on this Monday afternoon. I have a very special guest. She needs absolutely no introduction. She's Miss America, but I will give her a brief introduction just because she deserves it. Her name is Teresa Scanlon, of course, and she was crowned Miss America 2011 on January 15, 2011 at the 90th anniversary of the Miss America pageant on ABC. So, wow, welcome, Teresa. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. How are you today? I'm great, and I'm so happy that you're on my program. I, I wanted to get you on my show um, just to talk about what an amazing life you've led and what an amazing year you've led. Um, you were crowned at the 90th anniversary of Miss America. That's quite a sorority of women that you joined. It is. It, it is really incredible, considering especially that it's been around 90 years, but now I think we only have about around 60, 65 living former Miss Americas, and so it's it's incredible to be a part of that history, to be able to meet these women, really legends, you know, <laughs> that um, have been a part of this American iconic tradition, and so it was really surreal, even before I won, meeting all of them at the pageant, because it was the 90th anniversary, there were a lot, a lot of the sisters there, and so over the year then, I've been able to spend more time with them, get to know them, and it's just been absolutely incredible. I look up to each and every one of them tremendously. Absolutely, and in following your reign, I know that you uh, were on Fox and Friends, and you met uh, up with uh, Gretchen Carlson, who is also a Miss America. Right, and, and we did, I've been able to do that several times throughout the year, and then whenever I'm in New York, I get to see her and meet up with her, and uh, just a great, great woman, and extremely successful in her own right. Absolutely, and you are as well. So let's go ahead and talk about that. First of all, you are, if not, you're the first of all, you're the youngest, <laughs> probably the youngest living Miss America. Um, I believe there was one younger than you in the in the twenties or thirties, but you were only seventeen years old when you were crowned Miss America. Right, and, right. And what happened was in the twenties, throughout the twenties and thirties, there were no, there were no age requirements for the competition. And then in 1937, they set it up where you had to be from 17 to 24 to compete. And so since that time, no 17-year-old had won because you have to be graduated from high school. And so it ended up that I made the age cut by one week. <laughs> so it was very, very close. But um, that is why that that ended up that I was the youngest there and then the youngest Miss America. And so it's it's been maybe a different experience for me that nobody else has quite experienced exactly the same, uh, but a lot of those women have something similar. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. You are um, you are a living, living legend, as they would say, um, to be uh, to be so young. Uh, what was it like to uh, to to be just out of high school? Because you graduated high school a little bit early, if I'm if I'm understanding that correctly. Right. Right. And and you get you know, get this beautiful crown on your head, and all of a sudden you are an icon of America. Well, I, I did graduate high school a year early, being homeschooled, and so it was two weeks after high school graduation that I won Miss Nebraska, and then six months later, Miss America, so it was very fast, but really, I think it's all about mindset, and it really is, I mean, attitude is everything. That's kind of my motto, because even previous to winning my attitude was constantly that I'm an example to those around me. You know, I'm in the middle of seven kids, so I always knew my siblings were watching me, that I needed to watch the things that I was doing, the decisions I was making, and be conscious of that at all times. 
And so being in that mindset my entire life, not really much changed this year. Um, yes, you have a larger number of people who are exposed to you, but it's the same idea and the same attitude of I'm an example, I'm a role model, I need to be careful about the decisions that I make in my life, that I always think about long-term consequences, all of those things that I had taught myself to constantly be thinking about. And so I think that the reason that many people think it's such a huge responsibility and that type of thing is because of that, because many young people haven't put that kind of, of maybe pressure, but just that type of thinking and attitude um, yet. And sometimes that comes when you're older, but as long as you can develop that at whatever age, then you're ready for a job like this and a responsibility like this because you're constantly thinking about others and in the long term. Well, sure, you've done a tremendous job, and no one would know that you were 17. Well, now you're 18, but no one would know that you were you were. Well, thank a, you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. It's a good thing for now. You know, I'm always wondering, so when does that change when it's not so great to be considered older than you are anymore? <laughs> but I think for quite a while, that'll be, that'll be a compliment. <laughs> well, let's talk about your platform, which um, stems from your uh, friendship, I believe, with, uh, with someone who was uh, struggling with an eating disorder and yeah. your platform is uh, eating disorders a generation at risk right. and if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about that and, and what your what your where your passion lies Right. Well, it's been great because really this year that has stemmed into a larger campaign generally focusing on health and nutrition. And, of course, there's the bullying aspect as well of acceptance and changing society's attitudes toward weight, size, and shape. And so it's really been uh, so great to be able to work on those various aspects. Uh, originally at, at 13 years old, my best friend was bulimic, and that was the first time that I had ever heard about something like that. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, neither did she. She was 13 at the time as well. And so I started doing research on eating disorders to find out what was going on, how I could help her. And my dad's a psychiatrist, so I started kind of understanding more about mental disorders from him and as well as finding other information. So kind of the first thing that really stood out to me was the fact that she could die from it, that it was deadly, um, that one in five people with an eating disorder will die from it. And that's something that many people don't realize. And the issue isn't taken seriously enough because they think, oh, it's just a bad habit or, oh, it's just something they can get over. And then that, of course, is where the, the misunderstandings of mental disorders come in as well. Because telling somebody to just get over an eating disorder, saying, just eat, why can't you just eat? Or telling someone who is suffering from depression to say, well, just be happy, is, you know, telling, like telling someone with cancer, well, just get over it. You know, don't go mm -hmm. to a doctor, don't get help, just get over it. Mm -hmm. It's just not like that. And I think people need to understand that it's just like any other illness. You need professional treatment, you need help, and it's not just something that you can change on a whim. And so that is an understanding that, that needs to take place as well. And then really, I think we're especially seeing this year in the past several years, we're seeing, especially in the country, the states, that we are growing so unhealthy. And so that has, that has really stemmed a, a from it uh, stemmed a lot of different campaigns, you know, with the First Ladies campaign focusing on obesity or whatever it may be. But we just realized that there's something wrong, that my generation is, is facing the prospect of being the most unhealthy generation in the history of the country. And there's a problem there that is going to cause 
so many tremendous problems that only continue to compound it, and that's something that we need to focus on. But the problem is that society as a whole is such an extremist society where we go to one extreme or the other, and it's all or nothing, and it's dieting, and it's, it's always trying to find an extreme instead of realizing that moderation is key, that balance is key, that focusing on what is truly healthy from the inside out is, it does so much more than focusing on just the way you look on the outside, just the way that your body looks, just focusing on the number on the scale or the size of your clothes, and that's what has to change. I mean, in, then in schools, of course, there's kids who don't understand that and are only focusing on what people look like, and that's where bullying comes into play, where we're so not accepting of the fact that everybody is different. And so I think that is a, a huge attitude change that needs to happen, a shift in the way people realize that every single person is made to be different. And if you, if you look around at, at friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, whatever it may be, every person is shaped differently, everybody looks different, and that's something we need to realize is a good thing and not something to be looked down on, something, not something to be made fun of, because that will only continue to, to make this problem worse. To celebrate diversity, to celebrate how exactly. different we are. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a really a great approach and a very a very timely topic. Um, with uh, you know eating disorders, you know people think of anorexia or, or people wanting to be thin, but it's also people that want you know that have a problem with overeating and become obese, and then there's all these health problems that come with that. And, right. And exactly. it's, it's, it's it's an epidemic. Well, and, and uh, many people think that if you have an eating disorder, you're extremely thin. And mm-hmm. so, again, they're only focusing on the way that you look, and they say, oh, that girl's too skinny. She must be anorexic or bulimic, without realizing that oftentimes eating disorders, especially bulimia or binge eating, lead to obesity. And mm-hmm. so you can't tell just from looking at somebody whether they have an eating disorder or not. So, uh, again, it's continuing to just look at outward appearance is not going to help in any way, shape, or form. And so we have to be very careful about when we address this idea of health. I mean, many shows that you see on TV that are helping people gain a healthier lifestyle sometimes can start focusing too much on weight. And it's all about losing weight. It's all about the number on the scale. It's all about those numbers and the weight. And it can't be about that. That's not truly healthy. You know, they have to realize, and people who watch the show have to realize there are nutritionists there, there are dietitians, there are doctors helping these people figure out what is best for them, what is healthiest for them, and it's not all about the numbers. So if you find someone who is, is healthy and say, oh, okay, well, that's a healthy weight, so I'm going to be that weight, that's not necessarily healthy for you. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. different for everybody. And so finding that for yourself is going to help you be most successful in that. And many people don't realize the kind of effects that your health has on every area of your life, in success in general. And so it's, it's an important area in which we all need to focus. And I, I'm not perfect. I'm a culprit of it myself, not, not taking the time to really take care of myself. But then I start seeing the effects of that on other areas of my life and realize that it needs to be a priority. That's that's really that's really great and I'm so glad that you discovered this so you know, so early in life and I mean it's unfortunate that you had to discover it through a friend who who had it but right. she but she had, you know, she sparked uh, something in you that, that made you want to campaign um for awareness of this and, and against the uh the idea that, that we are we are held up to some standard that's not really appropriate for everyone. 
Right, exactly. And I think that's the great thing is that I've met so many people across the country who have dealt with something similar either personally or through a relationship and have used it for something good to help champion the cause. And so that's really incredible to see those situations turned around so that you have so many people fighting in the cause to do something good out of what they experienced or suffered from. That's what the Miss America contestants do with their platform. Exactly, absolutely. About using it to to find something positive you can do to make it better and make a change. So I'm sure all your experiences as Miss America have been absolutely extraordinary, but what are some of the most memorable? Oh, goodness, everything, absolutely everything. (laughs) It's kind of a million-dollar question I can't answer um, about favorites or most memorable or best or whatever it may be. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, there's events like the Macy's Day Parade, Super Bowl, the Indy 500. Um, there's incredible events with Children's Miracle Network hospitals. We do a lot of work with the military and the USO, which is always amazing. Um, the, events, the events that I've been able to do with my platforms, um, with my platform uh, events at schools are always so much fun, especially elementary schools when you get to work with little kids, all of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> and of course, then I'm looking forward to January for the pageant because it'll be another great experience especially being on the opposite side of things. <laughs> yeah, that, speaking of that, the pageant is January 14th, uh, 2012, right. and it's in Las yeah. Vegas. And so yes. as we finish up the interview here, why don't you tell us, now that your reign's coming to an end, what your future plans are? Well, following the pageant in the fall of 2012, I'll actually be able to start college finally, <laughs> and I'll be headed over near to the Washington, D.C. area, going to pa- Patrick Henry College in Percival, Virginia, to study government for my undergrad, and then I'll be har- headed to law school, and I'd like to go into criminal prosecution and then become a judge. Um, Long term, I'd like to go into politics. Um, I'm hoping to head back to Nebraska to start working, and I'd love to be able to represent Nebraska on on the national level of politics. And my highest goal ever since I was about eight or nine has been to become a president a president, and a Supreme Court justice. So I'll be working my way there and see what happens on the way. Well, you were the first Miss Nebraska, so I'm sure you will represent Nebraska well. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. At, uh, at, any, at anything you choose, whether it be uh, a state Supreme Court justice, uh, uh, a federal Supreme Court justice, or uh, or uh, whatever it is you choose to be. So, well, thank uh, you so much. I really appreciate that. And thank you for having me. It's been great talking to you today. Absolutely. Thank you, Teresa. And uh, I'm honored to have a Miss America on my show. <laughs> and um, you uh, you have a great rest of your reign and especially right. a great holiday season. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. All right. Bye. And this is Beth Anderson for The Success Design saying follow your dreams and set your goals. Have a happy holiday season. I won't be back on the air until uh, 2012, and I'm going to have a whole new show with a whole new format, so stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, again, happy holidays.